get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greg Amzinger is the lead anchor for MLB Network. He's with us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. But in addition to being a huge baseball fan, Greg Amzinger is a college basketball fan too. And even though both of us went to Lindenwood University, and we don't get to see Dan Schulman and Dick Vitale doing many Lindenwood games, but we've become fans of other schools. I, I kind of lean towards Mizzou because that's just the way I grew up, Greg. And good morning. Great to have you with us. Is there a college basketball program that you've gravitated to over the years? It's funny you bring this up because I was just going to cold jump into this at the beginning of our, our segment here. I didn't go to bed until the end of the Mizzou-Oregon game. I grew up a huge Norm Stewart fan. When I got to meet him early on in my broadcasting career, I was like overjoyed. I loved watching Doug Smith and Anthony Peeler and Melvin Booker and all the great Missouri Tigers when I was a kid. And it's funny, last night, Harold Reynolds is the biggest Oregon Ducks fan you've ever met. <laughs> Loves all things Oregon. So we were back and forth texting, watching Oregon play Missouri. And I was talking trash. He's trying to let me down easy. Oh, this is going to be a blowout, bro. Like, please sit back and chill. And I was watching Missouri handle the 21st team ranked team in the country. I was so impressed with them. Xavier Pinson is a star. I love top to bottom. The bigs play great. Tillman's got so much talent. He's not fouling out of games anymore. I'm a huge Missouri Tiger fan. As you know, I'm still a homer. And it was fun to watch Missouri play like that. They look like a top 25 team in the country. Okay, one other thing about that game. How about Fox Sports using the old NBC NBA music? Did you notice that? <laughs> I did. I was talking to my daughter. My daughter loves watching college hoops with me. She's going to play college basketball next year. And she's sitting there going, what's up with this music? <laughs> I, go, I go, wait a minute. What you don't understand is that this is like part of the soundtrack of my childhood. Like the old NBC NBA music was insane. Don't you remember Bob Costas and Pat Riley doing pregame shows? Yeah. Like, that was a big deal to me. So I'm like, this is really cool. I feel like I was watching an old NBA video game and my Missouri Tigers at the same time. So to answer your question in a very long-winded way, I, I grew up a huge fan of Missouri Tiger basketball, and I'm a homer, so I also loved watching Spoonball in the St. Louis Billings. Yeah. I mean, that was fun. Erwin Claggett, Scott Highmark, uh, those guys dropping trays. That was so much fun to watch. So I'm a huge basketball fan, as you know. By the way, that song, written by John Tesh. Hmm. So a little little knowledge for you here on a Thursday. Uh, you, you want more knowledge? Yeah. John Tesh used to be the uh, host of the Tour de France on CBS for years. And 
I also hosted the Tour de France on CBS. I did it for one year, and we shared the same producer. And he said that uh, my head was as big physically as John Tesh's. So I felt like that was a, a common denominator there. More knowledge for you this morning. That is knowledge. Wow. Something I never would have thought, Greg, that we would have talked about is comparing your head sizes. But, and, you know, as a, an Illinois fan here, too, I'm going to redirect the conversation to baseball because I think we've hit our Missouri quota for the day. OK. Uh, <laughs> OK. So yesterday, Greg, non-tender deadline has come and gone. Which of these players that were non-tendered yesterday, some names out there, intrigues you the most? I love so many of them. You could revamp the St. Louis Cardinals outfield with the guys that were just non-tendered if you wanted to. Uh, I'm just looking at it from a very aggressive perspective. Uh, Dylan Carlson should be the center fielder and leave him alone. He's the future of the Cardinals outfield. But if you wanted to just look at power, now I know you don't want to be too left-handed, but Eddie Rosario immediately goes to the top of the list for the St. Louis Cardinals. I know this guy doesn't get on base, and that's something that the Cardinals will probably be apprehensive of going towards, but he doesn't strike out a ton either. And, and to me, that matters. I, I've been a huge Rosario fan. Even last year, he didn't play all that great at 13 bombs. I don't know if you want to go the Kyle Schwarber route. It, it, since DH is going to be around, I don't think DH is ever going away. There's been some rumblings that you know the commissioner likes National League style of baseball. Teams, owners, they all want to keep their pitchers healthy. Don't put a bat in their hands. It's a mess. I love National League Baseball. I never wanted to see a DH in both leagues, but it worked famously last year. So look at a guy like Schwarber. You're thinking, well, maybe I could sign him, and he never has to see the field. You're looking for power to the St. Louis Cardinals. But my favorite guy that's available that the Cardinals should really take a look at is David Dahl. He played for the Colorado Rockies. Last year, he was an all-star, and then he got hurt. But before he was hurt, I'm telling you, he looked like one of the top ten players in the game. And, yes, Colorado skews things offensively. But this is a former first-round pick. You are what you are. He's had a hard time staying on the field. He's worth the risk, if you ask me. Um, And from a second-base perspective, you got a guy like Jonathan Scope out there. Um, you got a guy like Cesar Hernandez, who I've been a huge fan of since back when he was with the Philadelphia Phillies. A consistent guy in a good year last year playing for the Cleveland Indians. There are plenty of options out there for the Cardinals to tinker with, and I think they should. I, I think this is an experimental time where maybe you don't have to pay the arbitration rate if you get in because all these guys cleared waivers. I think the Cardinals either add one or two of these guys that we've seen become available over the last 24 hours. Greg, the Cardinals are on record as saying they're going to be cautious in spending, like a lot of teams, because of the lack of fans in the stands. How dramatic do you think that's going to be? Do you, for, for example, are we going to see a guy that might have been a $10 million player last year be a $5 million player or less this year? What's, what's going to happen around baseball outside of St. Louis? A, I think there will be free agents that don't play. I think there are free agents that will sit a year out and they're going to train. And if they think that the market is dry, they're not going to get into a two-year contract where uh, if a vaccine becomes available, which is what we're hearing. I mean, this isn't made up. This isn't speculation. This isn't a pipe dream anymore. If there's a vaccine available and we're trending in that direction, what does it mean for 2021? It means the ballparks will not be empty, which was a huge fear. Does it mean full capacity? No, it doesn't mean that. But it means that they will be making some gate uh, revenue. Now, 
they'll lose more money. Totally understand that. If it's not a full ballpark, there's a possibility of it. And yes, they lost hundreds of millions of dollars last year, each team. Totally understand that the Cardinals make a ton of money off fans in seats. But if you're going to project going forward, what can we assume just from human nature? When you take something away, something that people took for granted, when you take something away from human beings, you can't avoid the fact that they want it more than ever. And when you can finally go back to a baseball game, especially in St. Louis, when you take that away from fans in St. Louis, the best baseball market in America, you're not just going to have fans in the seats. Merchandise is going to skyrocket. TV ratings are going to go up because people are going to realize they get to go to games again. They get to sit there and watch their favorite team again. They get to go to the Cardinal Village right next to the ballpark again. And maybe we might see people wearing masks forever. I mean, you know, there's always a kid in, in third grade that wasn't allowed to eat cheese pizza, and their mom and dad thought they were allergic to everything. That kid's going to be wearing a mask forever, and so are his parents. We're just going to get used to that. But there, you have to look into the crystal ball and realize we're going to have fans in ballparks again. And that's not far down the, the road. So are you really going to sabotage your own product and let other teams who realize that money's going to be coming back to sign players that you had a chance to sign, maybe not at, you know, uh, the hometown discount. You're not going to get JT Rio Muto for a five-year, $60 million contract. You're going to have to spend some bread on some guys. But why overlook an opportunity when you know you're going to make money hand over fist in two years, three years, and then for the future, if you're the St. Louis Cardinals, your fan base is not withering. Why let other teams take advantage? I, I just, to me, the Cardinals are number one on my list of teams that should not be cheap this offseason. They should be aggressive because they know the vaccine. They're going to be back and making a ton of cash down the road. And uh, anyway, I just got on a soapbox. I really hope the Cardinals do not play this cheap. Uh, Greg, speaking of the product, yesterday Randy and I talked about Major League Baseball sending out a survey to their fans, and they asked a ton of questions about their interest in the game, ranking their teams, identifying players, what they could do to make the game better, etc. Do you think this is more of them surveying the scene and seeing where they kind of lie in the sports stratosphere, or do you think they're genuinely looking for ways to engage with the fans and perhaps improve the product? I think it's part of the evolution of, of baseball. And there have been a lot of uh, critics of, of Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball. One thing I have loved about Rob Manfred is that he's always open to advancing the sport. And that has not been the case for a really long time in Major League Baseball. They've always been the last traditionalist sport to try to tinker with things. I love the fact that this was sent out. This is part of a young team that Rob Manfred has put around him uh, in New York City, where the league office is located, to try to figure out new ways to connect with fans. And through social media, through email, so many fans got this. And it's like a focus group for sport. And it's about time we start doing this. Look, uh, you can flip it. It's a double-edged sword. I was just talking about how, you know, you take something away from human beings, they're going to want it even more. And that would be fans. On the other side, if you take fans away from Major League Baseball, if you take fans away from sports, they're going to realize they're the number one commodity. They are the most important part of the whole thing. And for such a long time, I was frustrated with Major League Baseball that they just assumed assumed fans would come back. It was all cyclical. Don't worry about it. It's America's pastime. 
No, you got to get aggressive with the NFL. You got to compete against the NBA. Why are you sitting on your hands going, oh, everyone will love baseball forever? They'll eventually get talked into it from their grandparents. Baseball's like coffee. You might not like the taste of it now, but when you get older and you get gray hair, you just seem <laughs> to love stuff. I, to me, that's not the way it should be. So this is a new approach of trying to get young people to go, wait a minute, I think they want me on board as part of the process to not reinvent baseball. That sounds strong. But reimagine new ways to make this sport connect with me. And I think this is a great aspect of Major League Baseball's future forward thinking to make sure fans know they're not just part of the process. They're not being drug along. They're actually in the front seat of the car. And every once in a while, well, they're not going to be stepping on the gas. But, you know. We've all been on long highway trips with Dad, where he's like, "Hey, hold on to the wheel for a second. I gotta get something out of my pocket." And you're like, "Well, I get to hold the steering wheel." That's what baseball's doing right now with fans. It's a good thing. Okay, Greg. So you have an audience with the commissioner. He says, "All right, you're gonna drive the car now. I'm gonna give you one thing that you can do to improve baseball. No questions asked. What do you do?" Uh, immediately, seven inning games and doubleheaders. Hmm. Immediately, that's the first thing that happens. That needs to stay forever. That is so cool. The other aspect, uh, the extra inning rule has to stay. We cannot expect fans who watch baseball, who consume it either in the stands or on TV or on the radio or online, stream it, to sit through a 17-inning game. I, I, I thought it was cool when I was a psycho baseball fan, when I, I had no responsibilities in the morning during the summer. I was the first kid to stay up till 345 in the morning to watch the Cardinals play a meaningless game against the San Diego Padres. And right, I think this is so cool. And, but I get to sleep until 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Now that people have responsibilities and things to do, especially working from home, you can't, you can't operate like that anymore. So I, I, would, I would definitely keep the, the extra inning rule, whatever that may be. I, mean, I'm still, I still wish people would listen to mine. I think mine's the best idea. I actually threw it at the commissioner. He laughed at it. But I really wanted him to think about it more. I might, I might bug him again. And if you, in case you forgot what my extra inning rule is, it's not putting a runner at second base, okay, to start every extra inning. It's in the beginning of the 10th inning, you only get to have two defensive outfielders. Because I believe the most exciting play in baseball is the inside the park home run. Yeah. Ima- imagine Yadier Molina hits a fillet down the right field line. They're playing in the pole in left and center. <laughs> and Yadi Molina has a mad dash around the bases while a center fielder is running a football field length to go get the ball. And Yadi and against the Cubs packed house, Bush Stadium slides and inside the park walk off homer. I would make that the extra inning rule instead. Greg, I want you to think about this for next week because we're, we're out of time here. But both of us were fans of the 80s Cardinals. Think about this. Think about having an electronic strike zone with the strike zone as it is in the rule book from your armpit to your knee rather than the belly button to your knee and dejuicing the ball by about 25% so that a team doesn't hit 300 home runs, but the the teams hit maybe 200, 215 home runs. That's the team that leads the league. I want to talk about next week. I want to talk about the impact that that would have on baseball, because I think it'd bring the athlete back into the sport. I totally agree. In eight seconds, I'll give you this. I also believe that we will be gambling on baseball from our seats. I, I don't know if I like that, but you'll be able to bet on what pitch is about to be thrown. You'll have a device in your seat 
it, gambling and baseball is going to have a really, yeah. really, 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 really long marriage. Have a great hey guys. This was fun. Yeah. I'm sorry I was long winded, but I haven't talked to you in a while, so I, I was ready to go. You are the king. I hope Thanksgiving was good. By the way, we didn't talk last Thursday. Yeah, you know, Zoom's odd. You know, Uncle Uncle Jim's always going to talk, and he doesn't stop, and it's hard to do that on Zoom. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone's got Uncle Jim, and he just no talks doubt. a lot. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> Take care, guys. Hey, brother. Take care. That's the great Greg Amzinger joining us on 101 ESPN. He, he doesn't have to apologize for giving long answers. Absolutely not. And he is exactly right about baseball and coffee because when you're a kid, you hate coffee. Yeah, right. And then when you become an adult, you're addicted to it. You can't live without it. You just It's something that you settle into. And baseball can't be like coffee. They can't just assume that the consumer is going to settle into baseball as they get older because that's not the case. That's Michelle. I'm Randy. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. We've got Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saving citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.